0: Have you ever felt frustrated because you just couldn't find a lovely book to read? I can start to crave not just a good book, but a book that draws me in and evokes such a deep emotion that I can say, wow, that was a lovely book. Welcome friends. This is Emmy B on Lovely Books Podcast, where it's my job to highlight the lovely books that keep you reading and connect you to the world. If you're new to Lovely Books, this podcast is more than just a best books podcast. It's about the reader's experience and takeaway. No book reviews, no analysis of literary content, just thoughts and personal anecdotes brought to our minds by the characters and subject matter that we love. That's what brings the book to life for you. I hope we give you something to think about, something to laugh about, and something lovely to read. I am excited to be here today with Katie Miderey to talk about a unique variety of lovely books and um, today we're going to be talking about different types of cookbooks which is fun and exciting because number one I have eaten one meal that Katie has made and it was fantastic. If you remember you <laughs> made dinner for a bunch of women and um, it was so good so I love that she wants to do these cookbooks also um, I am not myself a I wouldn't consider myself to be a great cook. I'm a decent, intuitive cook because my dad did all the cooking when we grew up and he never used a recipe. So, and he got his cooking skills from my grandmother. And so I was always with him. He would taste this. He would say, taste this and tell me if it needs more salt. Taste this (laughs) and tell me if it's too runny. Taste this and tell me if it's, you know, all that stuff. But I don't consider myself to be a good cook. I'm not good at using recipes um, because I'm not detail oriented, I have been known to pull a cake out of the oven and add an ingredient and mix it while it's in the pan. (laughs) So that being said, I'm excited to talk about this, but before we dive into Katie's books, I'm going to let her introduce herself.
1: Thank you, Emily, for this opportunity to talk about something that I love, food, food and books. Um, I'm Katie Miderey, and I grew up in Utah went to Brigham Young University, and after I graduated, I moved to Washington, D.C., where I had my own company for a while, and then um, got involved in the political world and uh, worked um, for an administration. I won't say which one to
0: (laughs) keep it neutral. We uh, keep the politics (laughs) neutral these days. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so, but it was a really fun job, and I uh, kept pretty busy in D.C. I was in the White House, like, Oval Office about once a week, so it was a, it was a fun That's job. Cool. Um, and then um, married my sweetheart and started a family, and we moved back to Utah a couple years ago. I've got um, four girls. One that's already made it Mm -hmm. to heaven, and uh, three that get to live with us here, and we just had a little baby boy, surprise caboose at the end of our family. It was adorable. So I'm not working anymore. I got to do some fun things in D.C., and now I get to be a fun mom, so it's it's great.
0: That is great. So go ahead and introduce your books for us. Um, We're talking about three different books today, Um, and Katie's kind of going to... Tell us, you know, her experience with cooking and food and enjoying these books and maybe give us some different ideas. I have a, actually have a lot of cookbooks that people have given me, and Katie's going to give us some great ideas on how to um, make these books more a part of your life.
1: I would like to let you know all that I love to eat. I love tea. My mom and my aunt are just fabulous cooks. Their mom was not a fabulous cook. There is some legend in our family that, um, you know, my mom and aunt grew up eating canned food. They thought lasagna was spelled, was called lascani because
0: it would always come out of a can. <laughs> I love it.
1: But my mom and aunt have really um, dedicated some time to cooking and um mastering the skill. So when I go to the library with my kids, I always find myself like wandering over to the cookbook section. And I love looking at the different cookbooks and checking out cookbooks. And um, there's some fun things that you can find in cookbooks. And I also like listening to audiobooks. Okay. And one day I was scrolling through my um, app to figure out what to listen to, and their book caught my eye called Kitchen Yarns, which I thought was a novel. So I downloaded it and started listening to it. It's a book by Anne Hood, who is a fictional novelist. And I quickly found out that she is writing a narrative about her life and food, and comfort food, and food that she grew up on and food that triggers memories. Have you found that like there's certain food that you eat or smells that you're like, oh, this takes me right back Right? Or do you ever go and visit a place just to eat? Like New York City. Yes. Like I could go and eat, <laughs> do nothing else, right. but just eat in New York yeah. City or Paris, right? right. Like, um, So she talks about her life and food that is associated with it. Now, it could sound boring to somebody, but someone that is used to writing great novels mm-hmm. and then writes a, a narrative about food, this is one you're going to want to read. Or listen to. Yes. So she talks about like the meatballs, her mom, who she calls Go Go would make growing up and spaghetti sauce that they actually called gravy because they put it on everything. Everything. And then, you guys, she includes the recipe in the book. So when I was listening to this, I was out walking, like trying to lose weight, get fit, and she's doing a recipe about spaghetti carbonara. And what do I do? I go home, get in my car, go to the store and get the ingredients, and And make it that night for dinner. And it was really tasty.
0: That's so fun.
1: Um, so cookbooks don't just have to be straight recipes and right. ingredients, right? Yeah. Like, I know Reese Witherspoon. I don't believe, I don't know if she really cooks. Maybe she does. But uh-huh. she, she wrote yeah. a great cookbook. And it includes um, stories and, and narrative about her, herself, which, you know, living in the South, it was really kind of fun to right. Kind of fun to read. Um, so that is one book I would definitely recommend picking up. Or listening to.
0: Yeah, and I think there's a lot of family culture um, that centers around food.
1: Absolutely.
0: So I do really appreciate the idea of um, a story that's centered around one of actually one of my favorite books um, is called The School of Essential Ingredients. And that's another story where it talks about the healing and the connection and all the different things that come from foods that elicit memories of our youth or of good times or of a celebration. So that's, I think that's fantastic.
1: Well, and that's exactly what this book is about. She talks about, in fact, I'm going to read if I can please find do. it in yeah, here. Please do. the um, in her introduction. She says, kitchen yarns is my journey from that family and that childhood through my early efforts of cooking. Flank steak, marinated in good season salad dressing to impress a boy I liked in college. Pesto made with two cups of dried basil to diligently copying recipes from the silver Palette cookbook as a young single woman living in New York City to trying to make the perfect spaghetti carbonara, which I've tried, (laughs) it's really good like the one I ate in Rome on a layover as a TW flight attendant eventually I became a good home cook throwing elaborate dinner parties and cooking in the kitchen with my own children okay, that. so my husband is Japanese-American okay. and his mom is from Japan and um, his dad is like fourth-generation American Japanese-American and um, growing up Chris's mom would try to make um, American food, uh, use all American recipes because she wanted her kids to um, fit in yeah. culturally. Well let me tell you her Japanese cooking is amazing and as her kids have moved out of the house that's what she's resorted to cooking all the time now and we are lucky enough to go to Sunday dinner at her house um, still with quarantine. who knows what, yeah. will ha- what will happen but she cooks Japanese food and because of it my kids have grown up eating sushi and gyoza and, um, and it's just it's such a fun part of who she is and who my kids are now because of um, the food that we eat and as we gather together and my kids those memories will be grandma's gyoza you know yeah. and they're learning to make it and which is which is really fun um, you mentioned comfort food, right? Mm-hmm. Food yeah. that brings us comfort mm-hmm. in hard times. Yeah. Um, so, can you think of a, a dish that you grew up eating as a kid that's like, this is my, this is the dish that reminds me of my childhood?
0: Yeah, my dad made, um, he would actually make his own broth for chicken noodle soup and then make egg drop noodles. Oh, yeah. It elicits emotion when I smell. Homemade chicken noodle soup because it does not smell. It does <laughs> not smell the same in a house as as store bought broth. It no. just like the chicken with the celery with the skit I mean the fats and the skin, It just doesn't smell the same.
1: It doesn't. It doesn't. It's not. Like it doesn't, and no. it makes you feel like home.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It absolutely does.
1: And have you noticed? I think I'm sure this is how it is in every culture. But when tragedy happens, what like what's one of the first things we do? We take food yeah. to people. We feed. We feed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. I love it. Okay, second book that I'd yes. like to recommend. <laughs> it's, it's like my favorite cookbook.
0: And I'm really excited about this one. I've, I've done some research online looking at this one, and this might be a cookbook for me. This will, I will get you and this book. I will get you this book. This one might be for me. This is like <laughs> the book, if you want
1: to learn how to cook and why why to cook, you read this book. And it's written by Smin Nosrat, and I found her um, documentary on Netflix. That's actually how I found the book. It's okay. called, same as the book, it's called Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Okay. And you can watch the documentary on Netflix first. Okay. Okay? And yeah. she goes into these different elements and uh-huh. why it makes good food. Like yeah. why do you salt food? Yeah. Or why does fat, like what does fat do for food? Fat brings texture uh-huh. and flavor, yeah. right? Yeah. And acid how does that change food and the way you cook things? Like, I don't know how to cook flank steak or like most cuts of meat. My poor husband, like, let's throw it on the grill yeah, again. Right. I don't know what to do with it. But she talks about like, why do you cut certain cuts of meat certain ways? Uh-huh. Oh, anyways, let's dive in, okay. shall we? Yes. This is won the James Beard Cookbook Award, okay. which James Beard is a, you know. Yeah. That's like yeah. the end all. And then also the IACP Cookbook Award, which I don't even know what that is. But, it
0: must be but good it's got an emblem on the front.
1: Because it's good. Okay, so first this book, it's beautiful to look at because there is Watercolor Pictures by Wendy McNaughton. And it's just, it's a fun book to look at. So if, if you were to spend what we just talked about this, 10,000 hours uh-huh. doing something, you master it, right? Yep. Or you said, okay. Yep. So if you think about how many times do
0: you cook for your family, we have to cook every we day, have to cook every day right? right? Especially in quarantine, it's been so funny because Sundays roll around, which are supposed to be like. The day at home where we all spend time and we cook a hot meal, but lately Sundays roll around and I am like, I am not cooking for you people. (laughs) I have to do this again? Yeah. I'm not doing three hot meals. I know. It's
1: really uh, three meals a day because we used to like send them off to school, right? Or like
0: three hot meals is tough.
1: I know. So if, I mean, like if we're, we're definitely spending 10,000 hours, so we might as well like know what we're doing. That's what I kind of figure. Okay. All right. So she breaks it into the four elements of good cooking: salt, okay. fat, acid, and heat. And she just goes through the science and the background of it. Like just why fun. like why do you need salt? Yeah. Why do you need salt for food? Let me tell you. I've been salting my food all wrong. Really? I have been. I thought I was like, a, you know, a decent cook. I've yeah. read a lot of cookbooks in my life, but she explains like, look at this. How to salt the palmful, awesome. the wrist wag. Or the pinch. Okay. Okay? So if you're boiling a pot of, like, let's say you're, you're going to cook some green beans. Okay. All right? If you put salt in your water, mm-hmm. the nutrients of the green beans stay in the green beans. Really? Yes. Did you know that?
0: I did not know that. Yes.
1: If the water is properly seasoned, and you would think, like, you know, maybe a little dash, no, no, yeah. no. It's like a palm full of really? salt, yes. And the reason being is your green beans don't stay in that water very long. You're, uh, I mean, you know, you're going to cook them for a couple yeah. minutes, right? Yeah. So palm full of salt, the nutrients stay in your green beans. Your green beans taste delicious. You don't even need to season them with anything yeah. else afterwards. Uh-huh. And they're pretty because the nutrients in them, so they're bright green. So
0: they're bright green. That's brilliant. Yes.
1: Okay, here's another tip that I learned from reading this book. Did you know, I did not know this, you are supposed to salt your chicken. Like, let's say you're going to grill some chicken or okay. bake some chicken. You're supposed to salt it 24 hours in advance.
0: I didn't know. Does that mean you're supposed to pull it out of the freezer 24 hours in advance? <laughs> no, I know. Like, I know, right? Yes. Yes.
1: She says that when she gets home, she gets all her meat out and she seasons it. And then she knows what she's going to cook. Yeah. She must like yeah. shop though every couple days. I don't. Right. I'm, I'm a Costco run girl. Yeah. So, um, but I've tried it, and it totally changes the texture of the chicken. Really? Yes. And it makes it so good and juicy and moist. Huh. Amazing.
0: You know that's interesting because I've always wondered why pre-marinated meat. I buy my meat occasionally pre-marinated. Pre-marin- mm-hmm as I'm not a great cook is always so much better in terms of texture and like tender. And yes, even if I do a crap, because the salt tenderizes it.
1: Yeah. Ah, Amazing. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. And she even gives you like a salting calendar. Like, so, you know, like when would I salt my Thanksgiving turkey? Right. Which just so you know, it's two days in advance. You would salt it or put it in a brine. If you're doing a brine, two days in advance. Okay. Um, Your chicken is a day before um, three days is a whole pig.
0: Okay. you You know, and I wish everyone could see this book, and I'll definitely post pictures, because the illustrations are so fun. I mean, it's really a very, very beautiful book. It makes... Reading
1: about cooking, fun. Yeah. (laughs) Right? And it makes it, she does it in a way that's conversational. Okay. So it's easy to understand. And it's like, oh, okay, so now when I go to my kitchen, like we talked about earlier, you don't need a recipe. Yeah. If I know to salt my chicken a day ahead, it's going to taste amazing no matter what I do with it. Well, you know, and then I'm going to know how to, like, add the fat. And I'm going to know which temperature to cook it on. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I it's I it's it. pretty good. All right. It. So I don't know. She goes into like fat um, so, and then acid and heat. So another thing that I love that this cookbook has, if I can find it, I'll, we'll find it and you take a okay. picture of it. But once you know these elements, especially like with um, fat, is a universal way of cooking all over the world. You use okay. some kind of fat. French cooking, it's butter. In Mediterranean cooking, it's olive oil. In Indian cooking, it's ghee. Okay. Okay. So she does a, um, like a wheel in here. Mm -hmm. So if you're wanting to cook um, with Indian food, you Mm -hmm. substitute, you would use not butter, you would use ghee. Okay. Which you can get at the grocery store.
0: Yeah.
1: That's amazing.
0: That's great because I cook everything with olive oil.
1: Yeah, right. But it changes... The, like so, different fats change yeah. the flavor, okay, and it changes the texture.
0: Interesting. Oh, no, it's amazing. That's so oh, interesting. So amazing. Yeah.
1: Okay, so I think you can get this book probably on Amazon, Amazon mm-hmm. right? And then in the back of the book, even better, she gives you recipes. And she has traveled the world, like cooking and eating. Yes. She has worked under the most famous chefs in the world.
0: Cool. Um, so Well, and I love this. Like, right here, there's just a picture of, of different eggs, like a raw egg, a three-minute egg, a four-minute egg, a five-minute egg. I mean, it's just so you so can cool. say, like,
1: okay, well, what do I want my egg to look
0: like when what? I eat it, right? right? I want it to look
1: like a four-minute egg.
0: Yes. Right? Yes, which is super cool. Yeah, it's it's just a
1: fun book. So if you are looking for a fun way to learn about how to cook.
0: And I like to, a lot of times um, with cooks, cookbooks that have been given to me, um, I'm a little bit overwhelmed. I look at them and they're, the list of ingredients is too much, or it's too much chopping and mincing and dicing and all of these different things. And so I, I tend to feel a little bit overwhelmed at a cookbook because um, yeah. I feel like I cannot achieve the number of ingredients and steps. The thing I'm liking about this while I'm looking at it is that it's, it's not that it's, it's kind of like a, I mean, you could be a really great cook already and benefit from this, or you could be someone like myself who does not cook well at all and really benefit from this. I feel like it's digestible.
1: It totally is. And it makes it so you know, like, when you go into your kitchen, you have the basic elements that if you're not cooking with a recipe, you can throw something together.
0: Yeah, I love that.
1: Right? You just understand it a little bit more. Like So since reading this book... I have changed out my salt. Okay. Instead of, like, I have, like, a a salt pot now that I can grab a handful or I can grab a pinch, Uh and I can season. Okay. Okay. I have Maldon salt. I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but it's from France. Okay. It's, like, these huge salt flakes that you use for, like, um, when you toss a salad, Uh and you want just a little, like, salty crunch.
0: Yeah you
1: put that on your salad or like when you slice your tomatoes, my dad has an amazing garden. And so we eat sliced tomatoes Mm -hmm. all summer long and I'd put that on the top. And it's like these huge salt flakes. It just gives like this nice briny crunch to your vegetables. Anyways, that's little fun tips. So this is a great book. I loved it.
0: Awesome. So
1: good. Okay. My last little tip. All right. When I was getting married, Mm -hmm. I had a bridal shower and at one of my bridal showers, um, someone, probably my mom's age, one of my mom's friends probably. Um, and I can't remember who I wish I could, so I could thank her, gave me a cookbook, um, for my wedding shower Mm -hmm. and bridal shower and this tip along with it. And she said, you know, as your life gets busy and it will get busier when you have kids, it's hard to journal. Yes. I'm really bad at it. So she said, pick a cookbook that you love the recipes out of and just do a little journaling every time you use that recipe, like what's going on in your life. And so um, I decided to do it. And I picked the cookbook that I picked was um, a Martha Stewart cookbook called Food Every Day. And it's called Great Food Fast, and I loved it because every recipe has a picture. Which, if I'm going to cook, I kind of want to see what it looks like. I Mm -hmm. love um, cookbooks with pictures because then I can look at the picture and be like, "There's a gauge." Yes, I can do that. Or that looks really good. I want to eat that. (laughs) (laughs) So this every recipe has has a picture to it, and um, it's falling apart now. After 14 years of marriage, it's like you know pages are falling out because we've used it so much mm-hmm. and there's a journal in it it is so neat you know like i just turned to a page and i have four entries um and it talks about like when chris and i were were newlyweds and yeah. he, what were, what was happening in our life and then when our little girls were um little babies and and um then the next entry is we were looking to move and um, come back, come back west, and so it just kind of journals through through our life. And it's not very much; it's just a couple of lines, but I love it. And my girls, as they're they're learning to cook, they're picking recipes and they're journaling like what's happening in our family life or what's happening in their life. And they like going back and reading. And the fun thing is, is it goes back to comfort food, yeah. because as my kids grow up and start their own families and move out of the house and Go off and have amazing careers, which I hope. Yeah, right? <laughs> right. Um, they are going to take these recipes that yeah. we cooked, right? Mm-hmm. And these childhood memories. Yeah. And um, we're going to have a cookbook that has these memories attached yeah. to the flavor and the comfort that, yeah. that they had. So um, this is now their comfort food, but it has a journal to go along with it of what was happening in their cute little lives.
0: Which is so fun, and they're gonna value that so much as adults. but I like that the memory is associated with something tangible like a flavor. right? That's so, so cool. A flavor yes. <laughs> I know
1: I know like it's just it's so fun, and I you can put tips and and things um uh, that go along with,
0: with Well, us. and so many of our most important memories um are associated with a meal. We have birthday dinners, we have anniversary dinners, we have, you know, celebratory get-togethers that revolve around, especially in American culture, food, mm-hmm. you know, like we, in, in America, we get together to eat. Um, I know a lot of other cultures do that as well, but we really mm-hmm. do, like, it. when you can't go out to eat with people, like, what do you get together and do? I don't know. <laughs> right. How do you eat. You eat or you eat. <laughs> But so I, I like the um, I like the journaling idea because those moments when you are eating really are the meaningful moments, you know, where you're spending time together around the table where the busyness stops and you're, you know, enjoying something together. So I think that's so cool. I think that's su- such a such a fun, such a great tip in, in teaching your kids to cook. Do they. um have you found that some people have a natural knack for cooking and some people it's more difficult for, or is it just a matter of time and experience?
1: Well, with my three girls, um, I should say some have more interest in it. Okay. So um, I have two that are really interested in the ki- being in the kitchen and one that would rather be doing art and okay. doing something else. So my daughters that are really interested in it, um, we try to, We try to bake and cook So, like my seven-year-old last night we we made a cake yesterday and it was just a box mix that we just doctored with like pudding and extra eggs yeah right but um but it was fun and we instead of cooking it in a 9 by 11 we did it in a couple of rounds so she could have a layered cake (laughs) okay (laughs) um but it you know i don't know if it's i think it's a skill that anybody can learn right especially if you're following a recipe. Right. Um follow a recipe and then I promise if you read this book I'm the to. salt fat acid heat then you can like <laughs> you can just figure out what you want to do. Like okay, I have these ingredients. Yeah. Do I have these four elements and then throw something together. But I've been trying to teach my kids how to cook. Um, so when they leave the house, they can um, survive. Right? <laughs> instead of just on ramen noodles. And totally. And spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> so, about spaghetti. Yes. so they like, we've started, um, there's a couple of fun cookbooks out there for kids. And, um, there's one I can show you. It's an American girl cookbook.
0: Oh, fun. That's fun. I love all things American. Yeah,
1: it's fun. And they have like easy recipes that kids can follow. Um, and I have my kids pick it's, they usually do it about once every two weeks, but they pick out a recipe that they want to make for dinner, Okay. and um, they're in charge. Cool. But my nine-year-old, she makes spaghetti, like for yeah. the family all the time. I love it. And it's great because That's so fun. they're learning how to cook. They love the independence in the, in the kitchen, and yeah. it gives them confidence, you know, when they, pres- oh, like, yeah. they feed our family.
0: Definitely. Do they have broad palates? Is it all your kids like a variety of foods?
1: No. No. So I have one that's really picky eater, like
0: extremely
1: picky. Um, And then my other two are really great. Um, They usually eat anything that we can put in front of them. But because of my picky eater, it is a little more challenging finding foods because like I'll find a recipe that I'm like, oh, this looks so good. But my one daughter will not eat this. So I have to either pull out, yeah. the, pull it out, you know, like some of the noodles before I put the spicy right. sauce on it or, yeah. um, yeah, we're working with her on it. She's, she's at the point now that she tries everything. Okay. That's good. Which we've come a long way yeah. with it. So
0: yeah, we, we're at the point where when we order pizza, we have to like order quarters. Can I have half of my half pizza? (laughs) (laughs) No mushrooms, no olives, sausage on this side, but ground beef on this side. It's like, I don't know how people do it, but that's great. Um, So usually I do a book recommendation at the end. Do you want to recommend something um, other than these books that's like a fiction or a nonfiction or Mm. anything else that you've read recently? Yes. Okay.
1: I got to think for a minute.
0: Back in hello, okay. So I'm. I love all these books, that Katie. Let's let's do a little conclusion. If you want to be a better cook, if you are already a fabulous cook, if you are a cook and not a journal keeper, if you are a fictional reader and you're wondering if a fictional author could write a cookbook and share their story regardless, these books are for you. So I'm, I'm loving this. (laughs) We covered a lot. We covered everything. This is amazing, (laughs) but we always like to leave with a book recommendation. So I'm going to ask Katie to share some recommendations of books that she loves, not necessarily cookbooks, but um, some books that have been meaningful to her that she goes back to that she commonly recommends to people. Just some great reads that she wants to share with our listeners.
1: Okay. First one is these is my words. These is my words, not okay. these are my words. And okay. it's by Nancy Turner. It's a book that I have read multiple times. And every time I feel inspired, I feel like I want to be like the heroine in this book. And I cry every time. Hey. I cry. <laughs> it just touches my heart. Love it. Um, another one is, I just read it. It's Ordinary Grace by William Kent Kruger. And it was one of those that had a... Um, Great plot. I liked the characters. They were um, complex and innocent and um, had a, um, it just had a great, great story. But I loved the ending of it. It's one of those books that left me thinking um, about a lot of things, about some like good life things, right? Cool. Yeah. Um, and then another book that I just loved reading. And I think I actually listened to this one as an audiobook and it's Brit Marie Was Here, and it's written by Frederick Bachman, who also wrote wrote A Man Called Ove, and Anxious People, and um, some other ones. It's just, it's humanity in a book with some humor, and I just, I loved it. Um, Anyways, those are some three, three books that
0: I love to read. Awesome, well thank you so much for taking the time to share your books with us. All of the books that Katie talked about today will be listed in the description of this podcast, along with all of her book recommendations. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please remember to comment, like, subscribe, and leave a rating. Those ratings really help us out, so please leave us one. And we will be back again next week to highlight another lovely book.